Galatians chapter 4. Uh, okay. I'm pretty loud. I don't, you worried me when you said that about being loud. I'm, I'm kind of loud and I cry, so I'm just going to warn you. Sometimes I, I, I not, not real loud, but I'm just naturally loud, I guess you could say. Um, but it's an honor and a privilege to be here. Uh, it's been a while since we've been here. Craig's called a few times and just, of course, COVID and all that hit and things hit and through there. And then it, he'd call other times and we were already busy or obligated to something and uh, just couldn't make it, just couldn't be here. But uh, it's an honor. Um, I, say, I don't say that lightly either. Don't take that lightly. It's an honor anytime you can stand in a pulpit and preach the word of God. It's an honor and something we do take serious. I take very serious, and I thank you for having us. But uh, I thank Craig for having us too. Uh, these, this day and time, uh, you've you got to be careful who you let come to your church and who you let stand in your pulpit. A sad fact, but it's true. This day and time, we have so many people that are beginning to compromise and beginning to want to change the Word of God to say what they want it to say. And we're going to see here in a minute, that's what Paul was really facing right here. Now that's not exactly what we're going to look at, but we're going to, we're going to look at touch on that some. But the question I want to leave you with tonight, I was thinking about Father's Day, and she said in her testimony already, uh, uh, I don't have my earthly father, my daddy, here anymore. Uh, he's my best friend. But thank God i got a heavenly Father that never leaves me, never forsakes me. He's there. He comforts me in my time of need. And I thank Him for that. But uh, I was looking at this and I was thinking, and then Father's Day, and I know many people, they've had Father's Day messages today and all that. And, um, but I got to thinking, how are we doing as children? You know, how are we doing as children? Young people, if you're here today, and your daddy and your mama, you still got them, go to them and give them a big hug tonight. Tell them you love them. If they drug you to church, tell them, thank you, daddy. Thank you, mom, for taking me to church. I'm telling you, one day, you'll look on back on that and you'll appreciate those times. My mom and dad sang, and they pre uh, my dad didn't preach, but they sang for preachers at revivals and things, and I said, I've been drugged to almost every church in the tri-state area. And there was a time in my life I remember I stood flat-footed and said, when I move out and I get out on my own, I am not going to go to church anymore. I am just tired of being drugged to church. And there, but I tell you what, I look back now and what a sweet life it was. And I would give anything to go to church one more time with my dad to hear him play and hear him sing. And one day, brother, Obi, I'm going to hear that because of my heavenly Father and because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross and because I am adopted into that family. And I hope everyone, each and every one of you that are here tonight, I hope you've been adopted into the family of God. I hope you know that your sins are forgiven and that you're on your way to heaven. And if you're not, not for me, not for whatever, but for your own sake, don't leave here without that settled if you don't know. I will say that. Galatians chapter 4, we're going to read just a little bit, but we'll touch on uh, some more of it also there. Verse 1 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. 
And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for this opportunity. God, we pray, I pray that you'll touch these lips in my mind. They'll say nothing more than you want them to, God. Give us hearts and minds prepared to hear your word. And if there is anyone here under the sound of my voice or in this church that does not know Christ as their Savior, that tonight they'll get that settled, God, and accept Christ as their Savior. Is anyone here that is suffering? Anyone here that is uh, battling God, that uh, battling depression or anything like that? I pray that you're, you will lift up your children, God, and they'll be encouraged tonight, God. And we just thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we look at adoption. And adoption, some of y'all may know some of our story. Um, I'm glad my daughter's not here. She's at that tween teenage age. That's what we were talking about. And uh, everything Dad says, does, looks, breathing embarrasses her. When I breathe, she gets embarrassed, I think. But uh, she's at that age. Used to be nothing could embarrass her, but now everything I do... Like I said, just breathing will actually embarrass my child, I think. But um, many of you all know us or may not know. Some of you know us, but know our story. My wife and I, we, we for years wanted to have a child, and we couldn't. And uh, thank God that he blessed us one through adoption. So uh, that, that, that word, just that word is kind of special in our family. Uh, we've told her all along that she's adopted, so it's not a big secret. So if this gets out, we don't have to worry about it. We've told her all along that she's adopted. But we adopted her because we had something to give her. We had, a, we, had, we had a home, and we had a mom and a dad, and we had love that we wanted to share, and we had something to present to her and something to give her. And we tell her that that's why we adopted you, because we wanted to share in this with you, and we wanted a family, and we wanted to be that way. And we look at adopting. What is adopting? It's the state of being adopted, taking and treating of a stranger as one's own child, is how uh, Webster's the 1828 defines that, or receiving as one's own what is new or not natural. But also when we look at Roman times, and these times when uh, in the Bible there, that area, in Roman cultures a lot of times, they, their adoption was a prevalent thing at that time. They did a lot of adoption, and a lot of that was because sometimes it was the, a lot of times it was the wealthy class that needed an heir or had something that they wanted to pass on they didn't want it just to be left or lost or gone. They had something to pass on, and they wanted it to be passed on, so they would adopt someone to pass that on through to or to be their heir. Thank God he had something that he wanted to pass on to us. Amen. Thank God for Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary, the death, the burial, the resurrection. Thank God that he was willing to do that for us, and we have something there that he wanted to pass on to us something there that He had for us, that great gift, His grace. And thank God that He freely gave it. So we look at the plan of adoption, and that's what was happening here in the first few chapters of this. If you've read it, and many of you probably have, many of you probably can, would know this passage is better than I do. Um, but we see that Paul, had, uh, on some of his journeys, had gone through Galatia and started churches. And at this time, when he's writing this, there were some preachers and people that had crept into the church, and they were perverting the gospel of Christ. That plan of adoption. That plan of adoption was simple. What was it? The gospel. The death, the burial, the resurrection. Us repenting of our sins and being adopted into the family of God. It was that simple. But they come in and they were perverting that gospel. And we see that. What were they doing? A lot of them were Judaizers. They were trying to add law 
to grace. They were trying to add law to being saved. They were trying to add law to the work of the Holy Spirit and sanctification that was constantly working on you. They were trying to add law into all that. And Paul was fighting that here. And what he was doing was not... He really didn't have to defend the gospel, but he was telling them, look, you are a child of God. Act like it. You are a child of God. This is what His Word says. Act in accordance. So I ask you that tonight. How are we doing as children? I'll be open. I have failed miserably at times. Just like I did my own, my daddy. At times he would tell me, he said, son, don't do that, you will get hurt. Son, don't do that, it's going to hurt you. Son, don't do that, you're going to hurt somebody's feelings. Son, don't do that, you shouldn't do that, that's not right. Son, you shouldn't do that. And what did I do? I did it anyways. How are we doing as children of God, as a child of God. The plan of adoption, like we said, was very simple. They were preaching a perverted gospel here and Paul was defending the true gospel of Christ. And many of you know there's nothing, it's, it's the grace of God, plus nothing, minus nothing. The gospel. Jesus Christ buried, or crucified, buried, and risen again. That's it. That's it. That's that simple. But people want to add to and people want to take away. And we see that today, maybe in churches not to that extent. Like we said, I said earlier, they see so many churches and people that we've known in the past that are beginning to compromise and let things into the church that should not be there. It's actually sickening. If you watch any, if you, you study or look at any of the videos or maybe listen to any of the podcasts ever do, I try not to because it's like the news. It just makes, I'll be honest, it makes me angry at times. I don't even listen to it because it makes me angry. It will make my blood boil when we see the perversions that are going on in today's churches. And that's what Paul was fighting here. And he said, straighten up. You're a child of God. Live right. Act right. And follow His Word. You don't need to add anything to or take away. So the plan of adoption was there. And it was simple. It was the gospel of Christ. And we see that plan all through here. What was that plan? Verse 25 in chapter 3 says, But after that faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster. We are no longer under the law. We are no longer have to keep the law. We are no longer in that time frame because now we have Christ. That which is perfect. Christ was perfect. Here he is. And But after the faith has come, we are no longer under a schoolmaster, for ye are children of God by faith in Christ. Jesus, for as many of you as been baptized into Christ have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ. We were no longer under the law of the Jewish, the Jewish law. Now it was because of Christ. The perfect Lamb of God had come and given His life and died and rose again and paid for our sins. Now we were no longer under the law. I tell you what, if I had to keep the law... To save myself, you, you, God might as well go ahead and send me to hell, Brother Obi. I cannot keep all the laws. Amen. The Bible tells us if we offend in one, we're guilty of them all. Yep. You break one law, you're guilty of them all. And I know that may sound, it may sound simple, but have you ever told a lie? Have you ever uh, cheated someone? Have you ever stolen something in your life? You break one, you're guilty of them all. So I cannot keep the law to save myself. I could not keep the law to save myself. But then again, if I was saved by the law, I couldn't keep it to stay saved. 
And that's what they were teaching here. People were teaching in this church that you had to add works to this and you had to do this and do that to keep yourself saved. And Paul said, no, 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 it's not that. It was the plan of adoption. It was the gospel. What was the purpose of that adoption? It was to redeem us from being under the law. That way we're no under the bondage of the law. And that's what this first part of chapter 4 here talks about is the purpose of that adoption. Now I say that their heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. They're in bondage under the law. There's no freedom in the law. There's no freedom. But there's freedom in Christ. There's freedom in the gospel. There's freedom. If you're a child of God tonight, there is freedom in that. We can, we, we can, we can take joy in that and knowing that, that there is freedom. That if you've been saved, you're His child. I don't have to do anything else. I don't have to add anything else. I don't have to say anything else. I don't have to pay anything else. And it doesn't matter how much money you have, man, woman, boy, child, what color you may be, what nation, nationality you may be. That's what the Bible just told you. It is for everyone. And there is freedom in Christ tonight. That's the purpose of this adoption. The purpose was to redeem us. Redeem us from under the law. That's what verse 5 says. To redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. Have you been adopted into the family tonight? Do you know 100% that Jesus Christ is your Savior? Do you know for 100% there's a time in your life that you've went to God and said, God, I'm sick and tired of this sin. God, I'm sick and tired of these things in my life. God, I'm sick and tired of my life and the direction it's heading. And I'm turning to you, God. I'm turning from my sin and saying, God, forgive me. Is there a time in your life you know that you've asked God to forgive you of your sins? It's a great place to be in the family of God. And that was the purpose of the adoption. If it's not for the adoption, I would be lost without hope tonight. Because I know there's not enough good in Stan Souter that can get me into heaven. There's not enough good in me to, to, to earn or merit any favor with God. The Bible tells us we were born a sinner. I was born a sinner. I know I was a sinner. I know there was things in my life. I know there's things I've done in my life that I'm not proud of. I know there's times in my life when I have done things that I wish I never would have. But thank God He adopted me into the family. That's the purpose of that. The purpose of the adoption is to redeem us We see the power of the adoption also. And we've already touched on the power of that adoption is redeeming. We were, in, we were enmity with God. We were enemies of God when we were in our sin. But thank God that He bought us back. He redeemed us. That power there. But also that power is reviving. Verse 6 says, And because you are sons of God, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. We went from death unto life. The power of that adoption is reviving. It's born again. I have been born again. I am a new creature in Christ. All because I've been adopted into the family. The power is redeeming. The power is reviving. 
brings us from death unto life, but that power is not only that, it is restoring. Like I told you, many times, there have been times in my own life, I'll use my own self as an example, that I have failed God. There's many times in my life that I have failed as a child. There's many times in my life that I have failed my Heavenly Father. But thank God, it is restoring also. That adoption restores us. It takes us from where we were. If we're in them, if you're here tonight and you're not saved, it will take you from death unto life. You're going to no be an enemy of God to, to be adopted into the family of God. But if you're here tonight and you have been saved, hey, you can slip and you can fall and you can fall into sin when you're saved. We can allow ourselves to fall into sin. We can allow ourselves to fall back into that muck and mire. We can allow ourselves to get caught up and in that bondage again in our life. But God will restore you. He doesn't just throw you away. He's not done with you. He doesn't kick you out of the family. He doesn't, as many of you have heard me say, He doesn't scratch your name out and say you're no longer my child. You're still His child. If you've been adopted into the family, you're still His child. But just like those that need to be saved and need to get that sin taken care of, as children of God, we still need to go to Him. We still need to go to God. We still need to go to Him and say, God, I have messed up. God, there is sin in my life. God, I am sorry for what I've done. God, I am sorry for the shame that I've brought on you. God, I am sorry for the things that are going on. God, please forgive me. You still need to ask for forgiveness if you're a child of God. Just because you've been adopted into the family doesn't mean you can live and run and do what you want and live like you want to, like a heathen like you used to be. If we have sin in our life, if we've been caught up in something like that again in life, we need to go to Him and ask Him to forgive us because the power of that adoption is redeeming. He bought you back. He bought you. He bought you with a price. That price was His Son, Jesus Christ. And that power is reviving. Once you get saved, you're a new creature. You've passed from death unto life. Not just the life we live on this earth. Many of you know that. But that's it, that eternal life. That life that tells me one day heaven will be my home. One day I'll get to stroll over heaven with my daddy. And my papa and everybody that's gone on before. Heaven every year just seems to get sweeter and sweeter and sweeter as people pass on. But when you know that they know Christ as their Savior and you know where they are, like I said before, People say, well, we lost dad. No, I didn't lose my dad. I know where my dad is. He's just moved on to his next step. And I believe with everything in me, brother, he'll be sitting there waiting for his family. He's sitting there waiting. He said, hang on, come on. He said, I'm waiting for you. I'm here. And as I look around the room today, tonight, so many have gone on since the last time I was here. So many loved ones and people have passed along. And it seems like seems like every day we hear more and more people passing on. And then as and I, I told my wife, I said, what's wrong? She said, you're getting old. That's what happens when you start getting older. Everybody around you she starts getting older. They're getting older too. But uh, so many have gone on, but they're waiting for us because they were adopted into that family. Because they're sitting there. They were revived. They were restored. They were redeemed. And they're sitting there in heaven. And they're, they're worshiping. And I, I can't even... We don't know all what's going on. But I know one thing, my dad's walking. 
And I know one thing, he loved to sing. And I guarantee you they're singing in heaven. If you don't like singing, and you don't like praising, and you don't like shouting, you, you, I don't know what you're going to do, but I guarantee you it's going to be going on up there in heaven when we see Jesus. Amen. When we see Jesus, when we reach that shore, when we reach that land, when we reach our final eternal place, we're going to be praising God. Because I know what I was. I know what the sin in my life was like. But I know the power of that adoption and what it did and what it did for me. So there's power in the adoption. Not only that, the potential of that adoption. Do you realize, and then I deal with, I get, men, we're blessed. I get to talk to young people most of the time through the year. Summer, we get a break, but my wife and I have a middle school girl class. And I, and I love to tell them the potential that you have if you're saved. The potential that you have, even if you're not saved, that God has a purpose for your life, young people. But not just young people. For you, Brother Kurt, I haven't seen you for years, but God's got a purpose for you still. God's got a purpose for you still. Each and every one of us, God has a purpose and, and a potential for your life. But how are we doing as children? How are we doing? We need to take a serious look. And uh, I've done that this week. And uh, when part of what spurred some of this, I was talking about Bell and thinking about it. I don't know why things seem to hit like they do, but God knows. But... We were talking, we were having a talk, and we are sitting there, and she had said something, and we started talking, and uh, I told her, I said, Bella, I said, be careful what you say, be careful what you do, because you always remember what you've said and done to those that are around you. Talking about my dad, how I miss him, that's what I did, but my dad was a great earthly father. He taught me about God, he taught me about Jesus Christ, he taught me about the gospel, and he taught me all that. But he didn't just teach me. He didn't just say this is how it's done. He didn't just say this is what you should do. He lived that life in front of me. He was an example for me. I saw the potential that could be in my life by looking at his life because he trusted God and Christ as his Savior. I seen the potential that was there. But getting back to that, I told her, said, Bella, be careful what you say because you'll remember all the things you say to your loved ones. One day you'll look back on your life and say, and that, that's what we're talking about, how I had failed my dad in my life at times. And I knew my dad didn't have to whip me, beat me. All my dad had to do was look at me and say, Son, you broke my heart. I'd rather him took a tube before and hit me across the head with it as look at me and say, Son, boy, you broke my heart. But you know what he said after that too? Son, I still love you. Son, I still love you. And he saw the potential. Just like our Heavenly Father sees the potential in each and every one of us. But as a child of God, how are you doing? How are you doing at living up to that potential? How are you doing tonight, child of God? Because God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And I've been struggling with that, and my wife has, and we've been talking about different things, and 
some opportunities may have come up and things like that, and then I think, boy, am I, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I really seeking the will of God for my life? Is this new opportunity or this? Is this what God truly wants for me? Is this where God truly wants me to be? Is this truly where He wants me to be going and doing? God, and I had to step back and say, God, look, I, I'm sorry, God. Because I still fail Him. And I still fail God at times. I had to step back and say, God, I'm sorry, but thank you that you still see some potential in me. Even when I don't feel like anything on my own, God still loves you. God still sees potential in you. And there's potential of that in that adoption. Chapter 4, verse 7 through 12 says, Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. That's that restoration. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Howbeit then, when ye knew not God, ye did service unto them, which by nature are no gods. But then verse 9 here says, But now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements, whereunder ye desire again to be in bondage. Now here they were, they were fighting and battling, and like we said earlier, they were, they were trying to bring the law back in and mix law and mix grace and those kind of things. But quickly today, church, we're, we're, we're quick to fall back sometimes and get caught up in the bondage of this old world. And it can happen to any one of us. It can happen to any one of us at any point if we slip, if we're not careful, if we're not striving to live up to that potential. Now, we can't be perfect. Somebody already said that. I know you're not perfect. I know I'm not. Well, you may think you're perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I fail. But I'm going to strive to live up to that potential of my adoption. I am now a family, in the family of God. I'm an heir of God. I want to try to strive to live up to that potential. He's seen something in me. I don't know what it was because I don't see it in myself most of the time. But I want to live up to that potential. I want to be a child of God that brings honor and glory to Him. I want my life to bring honor and glory to Him. I want my life to be at the point that others look at me and say, hey, there's something different about Him. There's something different about Him. He's not like everybody else. He doesn't talk like everybody else. He doesn't walk like everybody else. He doesn't act like everybody else. There's something different about Him. We've got a great potential there. A great opportunity. A great potential. How are we doing tonight, child of God. And as we think about Father's Day and all that and everything that's gone on today, and tonight as you think about your Heavenly Father, tonight I hope you're all saved. I hope that you know your sins are forgiven. I hope that you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that you're a part of the family of God. And I'll tell you this much too. There's no shame in saying, hey, I'm not 100% sure I'm saved. There's no shame in that. I guarantee there's not a person in here that would shame you if you stood up and said, hey, you know, I want to make sure. I want to be 100% sure. 
I know there's men of God here that would take you, or women that would deal with you, that would take the Bible tonight, and they will show you and teach you and show you what the Bible says. That way you can know that you're saved. That you may know that you're saved. That you may know that you're a child of God. Don't leave that to a maybe, or I think so, or a guess so. You want to make sure that you know that God is your Heavenly Father. You want to make sure that you know that you're a part of the family of God. You want to make sure tonight that you know that you know that you know one day heaven will be your home, that your sins have been forgiven. But also tonight, look back over your life. I've done that a lot the last few days. You can ask my wife. My life has been a roller coaster of emotions probably the last few days. But um, usually when God's dealing something, I'm going to preach something. It's something that needs to be dealt with in my life also. But God's been dealing with me this week, and you know how it is. It's like, ooh. And she said, are you okay? I said, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay. I said, God's just working on me. God's just working on me. And, uh, but if you're here tonight and you know that you're a child of God, make sure you're living up to His potential that He has for you. You're an heir of God. You've been adopted into the family. Church, we need to live like it because there's a lost and dying world out there. And I know there's nothing new under the sun, but it is a lost and dying world that just seems to be getting darker and darker and darker as the days go. Now, I know, and many, you can ask anybody that is a child of God, we all believe that Christ's return is soon. I do believe that. I believe it's soon. I may not see it in my lifetime, but I believe it is very, very soon. And uh, we need to be out there living up to our potential as a child of God because there are many people that are going to miss out and spend eternity in the lake of fire. It may be your own family. How are you doing, child of God? Are you living up your potential? It may be your husband. It may be your wife. It may be your child. It may be your own mother, your own father. How are you doing? We need to make sure that we're living up to the potential that God has for us. We're adopted into that family. We need to be living like it in these last days. If, uh, do we have a, somebody to play a song of invitation? If you're here tonight and you're not saved, or you're not sure that you're saved, I know you probably said, why is he saying that? Because it's the most important thing. It's the most important thing. If you're here tonight and you don't know Christ as your Savior, please come up and let somebody take a Bible and show you how to be saved. Let somebody take a Bible and show you how that you know you can be saved. And not just that. Child of God, those of you that are here tonight, are you really living up to your potential? Are you really living up to what you should be? How, how, how does how's your life look as a child of God? Do others, others look at you and say, there's something different about Him. Hey, there's something different about Him. Do they look at you like they did with Peter and John then when they said, hey, they've been with Jesus? Yeah. Do they look at your life like that and say, hey, they really know what they're talking about. They're really living. They're not just telling us about the Christian life. They're not just telling us how to live. But they're really living up to that life. They're living it out loud in front of us. Christian, are you here tonight? Something bothering you? Something struggling you? 
dealing with sin? Are you fighting or battling something? Satan battling you or fighting you? Satan, Satan battling you? I told my wife times this week I thought he had both feet in my back. Now that's because we, sometimes we have pity parties for ourselves. But just the battle is real, guys. He wants to battle us. He does not want you to live up to that potential that God has for you. Young person, adult, grandparent, mother, grandmother, whoever you are here today, He does not want you to live up to that potential. Are you here today and struggling with something? Make sure you get it right with God. Ask God to lead you. Ask God to guide you. Ask God to forgive you of the sin in your life. Ask Him to help you to live up to that potential. Ask Him to help you to live up, live like you're an heir of God. Live like you're a child of God.